Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Today we're celebrating Saints Triumphant Sunday. This is a time for us to remember the great triumph that we have because of what Jesus has done for us, a a triumph that we live and enjoy as we spend our days here in this world, but a triumph that will be ours forevermore when we're taken home to be with him in heaven. Our text today is Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Our sermon is entitled, You're in the Book. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. Our Old Testament lesson and the words of our sermon text on this Saints Triumphant Sunday from Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Then at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands over your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress that has not happened from the first time that there was a nation until that time. At that time, your people will be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Many who are sleeping in the dusty ground will awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame, to everlasting contempt. Those who have insight will shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who bring many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. The word of our God. Grace and peace to you from him who has made us triumphant saints, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I guess they're called personalized name books. The ad assures me that they're the perfect gift for the person that you love. For just $34.99 plus shipping and handling, you give them the name of a loved one that you have, a spouse, a child, a friend, someone you're dating. And they insert that person's name into a story. They print it out in a book and send them this personalized book. Oohs and ahs guaranteed, it says. They even give you some sample titles, top 10 reasons why you're my best friend, Hannah. Ten reasons why Jack loves Rosie. Allie Hamilton, best wife ever. Noah Calhoun, best husband ever. If God wrote a book with your name in it, what would it say? That sound a little far-fetched? Well, the Lord, through the prophet Daniel, wants you to know this morning, friend, that your in the book. You should understand that the 12 chapters of the book of Daniel can be divided in half. In the first six chapters, we read about the the strains and the struggles that God's people Israel were experiencing as they lived their years of captivity, off in the land of Babylon. They were in the Babylonian exile, and life there wasn't always easy. For instance, we read about Daniel himself who refused to pray to the king, but said he'll pray to the Lord God only, and subsequently was thrown into the lion's den. Or those three believers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to worship anyone but the Lord their God, even though it meant that they were sent off to a fiery furnace. God's people harassed and in need of help. And then the second half of the book of Daniel 
is filled with all kinds of prophecies about God coming to the rescue of his people. And in this text, from the very last chapter of the book of Daniel, we hear about God's final, God's ultimate rescue, God's final deliverance of his people, the deliverance that will come on the last day of this earth's existence known as Judgment Day. And as the Lord focuses our attention on the last days of this world's existence, he doesn't sugarcoat things. He gives us the straight, unfiltered truth. When he tells us this about the days leading up to Judgment Day, there will be a time of distress that has not happened from the first time that there was a nation until that time. In other words, the Lord in verse 1 is telling you there that the days leading up to Judgment Day will be days of unparalleled distress and trouble. Listen, the Lord is not telling you that to scare you, mind you. He's telling you that to keep you prepared. It's like a pilot coming over the speaker system saying, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to head into some fairly severe turbulence. Please stay in your seat and fasten your seatbelts. The, the Lord is warning you about the upcoming turbulence that this world will experience so that you stay anchored strong to him. Days of great distress. You read through the Gospels and you'll find that Jesus taught us the very same thing. Jesus said that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famines and earthquakes and we would say also things like hurricanes and tornadoes and wildfires. He said that, that Christians will be persecuted for their faith, hated by many others because of Jesus. He says that the love of most will grow cold and that people will turn away from the faith and, and hate and betray one another. Times of great distress, those are signs of the end times. You know, some of that is thrust upon us by an increasingly unbelieving and ungodly world around us. Turn on your TV. The kinds of things that are shown there, appalling. You surf the internet. You take a glance at social media. And we're led to wonder, whatever happened to love for God? Whatever happened to common decency? Whatever happened to fellow human beings treating each other in a spirit of love and compassion? And yet, in spite of all of that distress, what do we find? Instead of people turning more often to Christ and to his saving word, by and large, people are drifting further from him. Times of great distress. But if we're really honest, we'll admit that those times of distress are not just thrust on us by the unbelieving world around us. It's also the tragic result of our own sinful doing. And so before we strain a muscle in our neck, shaking our head at the wickedness so prevalent in our world, we ought to shake our head at the wickedness so prevalent in our own hearts and lives. The shocking things that we've said and done, the horrible thoughts that we've had. Maybe we've done a fairly good job at hiding it from others. But God isn't fooled. He knows us and everything about us. We've sinned against him. 
And then you add to that distress of your soul what the Lord is telling you here in, in Daniel chapter 12, that a day of judgment is coming, that the dead will be raised and will appear before God's judgment throne, and the knowledge that we have sinned against God time without number adds to our sense of dread and distress if we let it. A time of great distress, the great tribulation will happen in the last days. We may be in them right now, the way things are going, or hold on to your hat, it might get worse. Every generation has thought that they're the last one. These certainly have to be the last days. But the Lord this morning wants you to take heart, and here in our text, he shows you why and how. For one thing, he tells you, in the midst of all of this great distress, Michael, the archangel, the general of God's army of angels, comes to work in the spiritual realms beyond what we're able to see or perceive. Michael is at work with the angel army fighting against the wicked schemes of Satan and the forces of evil to guarantee God's goodwill for his people. And so when the final distress comes to overtake the world in the last days, Michael comes to intervene on behalf of God's people. Times of great distress, a, a coming day of ultimate judgment. But take heart, why? Because the Lord here vows to you, Christian, that his people will be delivered. And who are his people? He says, everyone who is found written in the book. Which begs a couple of questions, right? First of all, what is this book? And second of all, is my name in that book? God's book is a figurative roster of all of those who will be allowed into heaven. Like the person at the restaurant who checks to see if your name is on the reserve list to see if you get your table. Scripture also refers to this book as the book of life. And one of the places it's spoken of in some detail is in Revelation chapter 20. And there the Lord is revealing to the Apostle John what will take place on Judgment Day. And he, we hear about the role that this book will play on that day. John says that on Judgment Day, every person will stand before the Lord to be judged. And he says then that books, plural, books were opened. And he says, I quote, that the dead, and now in context, he's clearly talking about the spiritually dead, the unbelievers. He said, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And my sinful nature thinks, yikes. There's a book where God has recorded every one of my sinful thoughts and words and actions, and on judgment day, he's going to stand there and open the book and shove them in my face? Well, as our text says, they, they're raised from the dead on the last day, and those unbelievers are off to shame, to everlasting contempt. That's to hell. But here's the thing. In Revelation chapter 20, John also tells us about another book. This is the book of life. This is the book referred to here in our text. And, and what's written in that book, in the book of life? Ready? Names. Only names. That book 
is devoid of any of the sinful thoughts and words and actions that have cluttered up our lives of faith. Names. It's not that we never sin, mind you, of course. We know ourselves better than that. It's that the blood of Jesus, his son, has purified us from all sin. That God, in his wonderful grace and mercy, has told us that he will not count our sins against us. He doesn't keep a record of our sin. The Lord says, I forgive you, and I have chosen to remember your sin no more, forgiven and forever forgotten. And why? Because Jesus took our place on the cross because he's the Lamb of God who has taken away all of our sins because we have been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. And guess what? With our sins removed through faith in Christ Jesus, we now are saints. Saints are holy ones. They're not just famous believers who died and now live in heaven. They're also those here on earth who are very much alive with two feet still planted on this planet who no one confess Christ as their Lord and Savior. You're a saint. And I'm a saint. Covered with Christ's holy righteousness, friend, your name is written in that book. You're in the book. How'd your name get there? Well, the Bible says that from eternity, before the creation of the world, God saw you and knew you and chose you to be his very own. You are among the elect. Why did he choose you? It was 100% due to his loving grace and mercy. Not at all because of any of your accomplishments or your character or your choices. God chose you by his grace. God from eternity chose you and then he carried out his goodwill in your life when he saw to it that you would come into contact with the saving gospel of our Lord Jesus. Whether it's what you heard explained from the word of God or whether it was some word connected with water in holy baptism. But God who saved you by the blood of Jesus, brought the Holy Spirit into your heart and gave you faith to trust Jesus as your Savior. And at that moment, your name was written. Actually, from the creation of the world, God recorded your name in this book of life. God's book is his family register. Are you in the book? Well, do you confess that you're a sinner? And do you believe the gospel's good news that Jesus lived the perfect life you haven't lived in your place, that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for all of your sins, that he rose triumphant on the third day, and that through faith in him, you too will rise to live forever in heaven? Then, dear Christian, please know, on this saint's triumphant Sunday, you're in the book. In spite of times of great distress, Your eternal triumph is certain. Your eternal victory is guaranteed in Christ. You're in the book. Jesus is coming, and we are his triumphant saints. What else? Well, you notice the very last verse of our text. It says, those who have insight will shine like the brightness of the sky. Insight is what somebody gives to you about something you formerly did not understand. Something revealed to you. So now you have wisdom about it. The insight being referred to here is that that gem called the gospel, the good news, that you have been saved from your sin by the blood of Christ, your your crucified but risen Savior. The insight that you have is the one described for us in the book of Romans that that God has saved us 
by the Son that He sent for us. It's the, the, the insight given us in, in Paul's second letter to Timothy that God has made us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the insight. That's the key to life that God has graciously blessed you with. And in Christ, we are shining, shining like the brightness of the sky because we're reflecting the light of the Lord Jesus, who is the light of the world, he said in John chapter 8. As we shine for Christ, as we live our lives, we share his love, his mercy, and his gospel with many others so that they can be led to know the righteousness in Christ just like we have. Believer, you know Christ, and you know his salvation, and you're in the book. Your heavenly victory is certain in Christ. You are already a triumphant saint. So let me ask you, what difference will that make as you live your life in the world in this new week? How is that glorious truth going to shape your life today, tomorrow, and in the course of this coming week? Well, first of all, I pray that that truth will comfort you and keep you even if the days of this coming week bring you some distress or some trouble or things to panic about, that you can step back and find comfort that God will guard and keep you because you're a triumphant saint through faith in Christ Jesus. I pray that it will lead you to live your triumphant life in Christ this week as you stand on the word of God and live an openly, unashamedly godly life. As you say no to sin and yes to righteousness, being a light in this sin-darkened world as you, through your life, point other people to Christ. And I pray that, that this knowledge that you're a triumphant saint in Christ will, will give you a spirit of joy and optimism in Christ in all that you do this week. No matter what happens, no matter how bad things get, no matter how frustrating you might become, you are a triumphant saint. God loves you. Heaven is yours. Your name is in the book. If God wrote a book with your name in it, what would it say? It would say, you, insert your name, are my dear child. I have always loved you, and I always will. I knew you even before the creation of the world. And in grace, I chose you to be mine. And that's why during the course of your life, I've brought you to know and to trust the gospel of Jesus Christ, my son, your savior, so that you can live your life in gratitude for all that he's done for you and look forward to an eternity with him in heaven. I love you. You are my child. Not for $34.99. Not even just for the cost of shipping and handling. That wonderful assurance is yours as God's free gift to you. Thanks to his amazing grace, praise him for that grace. Because you, dear Christian, are in the book. Amen. Amen.